At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is VSIN's primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Tip of the trip. Thursday night and a whole bunch of college basketball tonight. It's Gil Alexander, Wes Reynolds in for Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin here as well. Not only college hoops, of course, with 61 games total today, but also marquee matchups, specifically one in the NBA. Football news as free agency begins. Baseball news, quite a night, Wes. How you doing? Man? Yeah, I'm doing well, Gil. Uh, happy that my alma mater looks like they might make the NCAA tournament. That was a little sweat starting at 8.30 this morning. Nice comeback. Time. Yeah. yeah, down 17 against Michigan. Indiana advances. They'll get Illinois. Another early morning for me. So uh, see if the Hoosiers can really lock up a bit if they can knock off number one Illinois tomorrow. You think Michigan is in, though? I do. I, I think that win over Ohio State in the season finale when Hunter Dickinson, their big guy, missed that game. And plus the fact that they had five games without Jawan Howard, and Jawan Howard, in fact, did return today, did not do Michigan any good. Indiana looked absolutely DOA, and it's just been a while since they out-toughed somebody in a Big Ten tournament game. The uh, the woes of Indiana in the Big Ten tournament, if you follow this program, are well-documented, but nevertheless, they did get a big one today. Huge. Good for you, man. Um, may it continue in the Big Ten tournament. Of course, the biggest probably sort of uh, marquee event tonight is, uh, Kelly will bring you in for this, the NBA game between, pardon me, the Nets and the Sixers. Oh, yeah. The game that everybody's sort of been waiting for. Let's go. Ben Simmons is going to be there, but only on the bench. Oh, man, I've seen, I've been obsessed with Twitter video after Twitter video today of him getting on and off buses, being chased by people, yelling at him, (laughs) screaming at him. It is, uh, I I don't think the guy should be in the building tonight. It is going to be raining booze. Honestly, I don't get it. I don't really get it either. Because you can't, if you're not going to play to shut them up, right? Yeah, why are you there? I'm certainly yeah. not the first person to say this today. Yes. What are you, he's just going to just sit there and take it? All right, yeah. Well, come on, guys. I mean, let's be honest. The people of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia sports fans are absolutely <laughs> salt of the earth people. They, really they do not hold grudges. They're willing to turn the page, let bygones be got bygones. I love so, them so much. Yeah. You know, I, I love them. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that's going to go well. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he didn't uh, stay away from the premises there tonight. Was, there, was one, there was one video out there where I think they they they, they, they claimed that he was sneak. They were trying to sneak Ben Simmons on the bus <laughs> last, and it was like a mob of people saw him but was like, like there he is like they've got like a shroud <laughs> or a towel over his head like they're just you know re- just kind of sneaking him uh, in in the building I, i'm with you gil though what is, i don't like what his presence on the bench is like that's going to uplift his teammates emotionally that you know the guys he's never played a single game with yet like, i mean meanwhile the real game right it's hardened against his old yes team. Mm-hmm. that's i mean that's a game what a game tonight sixers favored uh, by four in this game, Kyrie, of course, road game. He'll be in the house as well. I mean, what a, a Joel Embiid. And then tonight, uh, after that, the Warriors and the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. So you have, you've got the two, and we'll look at this. We'll look at this market a little later. You got the two MVP candidates, the two short shots to win it tonight on full display. Yep. Let me just ask you a really silly question. There's only, a, I mean, there's 
fewer than 20 games left in the NBA season. We're around at the 15-game mark now. Could this night have an outsized impact? Like, are we that? Are those are those voters that shallow that one night where only those two games are going could have a oversized impact on Ooh, their vote? I love that question because I think. Yes, I would say yes, normally. But is the fact that there is all this good college basketball going on at the same time going to overshadow it Maybe. a little bit? Maybe. So are they're not going to be necessarily prisoners of the moment because we right. know that these voters absolutely can be, and certainly the betting markets can be, whether it's the odds makers moving the numbers or the betters moving the numbers, because that's what it is. It's a race to the number because we all get the information at the very same time now. You have college basketball preflop bets tonight? I do. I have uh, just I have a plenty. Just I have a couple. plenty, just in a fact. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, we are getting underway with some of these 4 o'clock tips. Uh, one of them I do have Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Virginia Tech got a nice uh, overtime win against Clemson last night. Might need one more win to get yeah. in that field of 68. Currently up 5 nothing on Notre Dame. I did lay one with the Hokies. St. John's Villanova about to start in uh, – in uh, Madison Square Garden, the Big East Tournament, uh, Jermaine Samuels, by the way, it looks like he is not going to start or maybe not even go for Villanova. This is a shorthanded team right now. I took St. John's plus seven. Also took the first half. If you notice some of these first half plays, I did a lot of this because a lot of these teams did play the night before. Mm-hmm. And you've seen these teams get off to at least good starts, maybe not be able to make it stick for 40 minutes. But if you win that first half, you can always come back on the second half with uh, with the other team and see if you can and lock in a two to two and one profit. I'll take two and one on every single game that I bet. Back to Villanova, it is Caleb Daniels in the starting lineup for Jermaine Samuels. So they're about to get underway there. They are underway in Kansas City. It is Oklahoma against Baylor, seven versus two in the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma, I believe, was getting eight at the uh, close of business here. They're currently up three to nothing. And then we do have some games that were in progress before we came on the air. All of a sudden, uh, you, we got a ball game here at the Thomas and Max yeah, Center in the Mountain West Tournament. This is UNLV against Wyoming, the under eight-minute timeout. Rebels were getting two, one and a half at the close. Now they are up 45 to 42. This is a massive game for Wyoming, who, by the way, has more crowd support, even though they're playing in UNLV's building against UNLV. A lot of people came over from Wyoming today, so... Wyoming needs to no win this excuse for that, by the way. No, there isn't. I, I, I feel bad because that UNLV is such a historic program. Yeah. I know I know the Vegas sport marketplace is like more crowded now with the Golden Knights and with the Raiders and all these other tournaments going on. But, you know, UNLV was like the OG team of this town, and you would like to see them get more support. I'd be there if we weren't doing the program right now. But 47-44, UNLV over Wyoming. So Wyoming right on that bubble gill kind of that last four in uh, if you read like Lenardi or Mike DeCourcy at Fox or Jerry Palm at CBS they're kind of right in that last four in they lose this game Wyoming may have played their way out of the NCAA tournament let's flash up Wes's plays just because we want to say them out loud just for people who are not watching us on video just so they have a sense of uh what what uh, Wes is firing on here? Yeah, for the early is uh, uh, Penn State. Uh, by the way, does not start, I believe, until six Pacific. That's in the next Big Ten game. We got one currently going on right now. Michigan State thirty to twenty three over Maryland. Seven minutes left to go in the first half. So first half and full game with Penn State, who got away from Minnesota in the second half last night. They're playing Ohio State. I mentioned Virginia Tech, Virginia as well. St. John's just started. 
Vanderbilt also first half in full game. They are playing against Alabama. Vanderbilt did get a win over Georgia last night. By the way, uh, Tom Crean now out as Georgia coach, as an aside note. But Alabama has been so erratic. And then a couple Pac-12 games, Washington State first half in full game against UCLA, Washington, same principle against USC, Utah State, plus two in the first half, plus four for the game against Colorado State, UTEP I also have against Middle Tennessee State, who's been like the cover machine as of late, but to see that small of a number when everybody's going to back a team that always seems to be covering a bunch of games in a row, so I went the other way of UTEP, and then uh, Stone Cold Stephen F. Austin <laughs> playing yes. Abilene Christian in the WAC <laughs> tournament, by the way. Is that who that school's named if after? You've, oh. if, if you've got the ESPN Plus by the way, our own Ben Wilson is going to be on the play-by-play. Oh, yeah. Of course he is. We they, we get there once. Wes, go- they he- don't play basketball without him calling <laughs> He is going to be on this game, and I will have my uh, eyes and ears peeled for that one. And then one hockey play, because we're about to get underway in Buffalo, the Brian Blessing Bowl, as we honored the late nice. Brian Blessing here locally last Friday night. Good friend to all of ours here in the Las Vegas sports betting community. Brian Blessing from Buffalo. So the Buffalo Sabres were his first love. Well, his second love as a hockey team, of course, with the Vegas Golden Knights, and who are playing the Tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights are in Buffalo to play the Sabres. By the way, this is the return of Jack Eichel. Yes. You remember he was the top pick several years ago for the Sabres. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. He is now wearing uh, black, uh, red, gold, and white, however many colors the Golden Knights have. But he is a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. So I took a prop. Jack Eichel, anytime scorer at plus 130. Because whenever you see in hockey, when you get, like, the first time a guy plays his old team, like when you have a goaltender in net, guys are stopping pucks, you know, uh, taking the price, blocking shots. And when you get go- like scorers, like forwards and whatnot, they want to feed that guy the puck. They want to get Jack Eichel a goal against his old team. So expect a lot of shots for Jack Eichel. So not a big price here, but I took a dollar thirty Eichel to uh, return to Buffalo to face his old mates to get a tally tonight. I like it. You're firing. We got tennis picks later. We got uh, golf to review. Not they didn't get the full round in at nope. CPC. Yeah. By the way, they did just suspend play yeah. probably about ten or fifteen minutes ago. We'll see if it bleeds to Monday or if they. Uh, Try to finesse it the Which rest I of this weekend. I wouldn't mind because we got this whole bracket thing going this on. This whole on bracket thing. It's like, you know what? Let's go ahead and, and I can be tuned into this tournament on Monday. We get the final round. I'm sure the networks and the PGA Tour don't want that, but I personally do. And my opinion is the only one that matters, right? We, <laughs> we got a trade west in the NFL today. Um, Casey, you can't go a day without a big trade. The Chargers get Khalil Mack from the Chicago Bears. For a 2022, the Bears get a 2022 second and a 2023 sixth round pick. May I just note, far less than Washington traded to get Carson Wentz. (laughs) I get it. It's a quarterback, but I'm angry. Uh, Khalil Mack, who uh, in his years at Buffalo, uh, excuse me, years in Chicago, uh, his best year was his first year. That's not to say he was not good the rest of the time, but he was, I think, the number two uh, voted player, the AP Defensive Player of the Year that year, his first year going from the Raiders to the Bears. He is reunited with Brandon Staley, who was his linebacker's coach for a year mm-hmm. in Chicago. So the Chargers, uh, their response to uh, Russell Wilson going in division and still having to deal with Patrick Mahomes, deal with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, everybody. Exactly, and also Derek Carr. We yeah. got to throw him in there with the new offensive yeah. coordinator, Josh McDaniel. So, look, uh, God, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa lining up against you when you're a quarterback. You Basically, you're just saying, keep these guys off my ass, please, and keep them from letting me get killed. And the biggest sports news of the day, we'll give you all the details here moving up on the show. 
Uh, but baseball is back. Postseason expanding to 12 teams. The National League is using DH. We have universal DH, everybody. They'll be advertising on uniforms and a draft lottery created with the intent of discouraging tanking. Other changes for the 2023 season as well. We'll look at baseball odds. Baseball's back. Opening day looks like April 7th. April 7th. All of that to miss the week, and then we'll probably make up all the games. We'll still have 162 game season. NBA next. We'll do that with Nick Whalen coming back. Beast's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want to get in shape but having trouble staying motivated? It's a pretty universal problem. Make five-hour energy shots part of your lifestyle. Get the energy boost you need to get fit. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. That would include grape, tropical burst, cherry, Matt Brown's favorite, blue raz, and more. There's a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. Gil, Wes, and Kelly in tonight. Wes in for... Matt Brown, glad to have Wes again. College hoops galore tonight. Uh, the return of baseball, football trade, the MAC trade, very big. There's other football moves we'll talk about a little later. Um, but maybe the event of the night, not maybe, I think it is, is in the NBA. The Nets and the Sixers. We bring in Nick Whalen from RotoWire, NBA editor over there. You can follow him on Twitter at Whalen, but substitute the one, the number one for the L, and you'll hook up with Nick. Nick, how you doing, man? Good to see you again. Yeah, guys, great to be back. Uh, finally, it feels like we maybe have the game of the year in an NBA season that has felt like there just haven't really been that many big regular season games. I think this one pretty easily takes the cake. It's nice to have a, a rivalry. I mean, I don't know that we have one right. quite yet, but it, it sort of feels like one. And l- let me get the silly question out of the way. I alluded to it last segment. What, what's, ben, what's Ben Simmons doing on the bench? What is that all about? Why is he doing that? It feels like a bad idea, right? It's kind of like a soft launch of, of him, you know, moving on from his tenure with the Sixers. Like to me, it's either you got to play in this game or just stay home. Guys do it all the time. You know, teams will go on a road trip and you'll just stay home or you'll go do the classic workout in L.A., uh, go rehab. Like you could come up with virtually any excuse. But as soon as it became clear that he wasn't going to play in this game, it really makes no sense for him to just sit out there and be a target. So. I'm really interested, obviously, in how the game turns out, but I'm more interested in what happens. Like, how does this crowd react to Ben Simmons? You know, if he was playing in this game, he would get booed every time he touches the ball. But you can't really directly boo someone who's sitting on the bench. So, you know, are the Sixers game ops team? Like, are they are they going to show him on camera on the jumbotron? Have they been told not to do that? Like, there's there's just so much to unpack here. I can see the Philly crowd they'll, going, oh, yeah? Watch they'll this. find a way. <laughs> they'll yeah, find a way to make his his life a living hell uh, this evening. But, he's uh, on the court exactly. warming up right now. I'm, I'm watching video of him taking shots. Like, why is he taking shots? This is so unnecessary. Uh, no, he's not playing. That hurt his lower back. <laughs> Jeez. Mm, that's that's yeah, just, yeah, that's just bizarre. But uh, anyway, uh, Nick, getting back to the game here, of course, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving back together. Uh, now Kyrie eligible to play in Brooklyn, New York. And if you look at what they've done the last couple games, they've gone way over the last two games with them on the floor this season. I think they're 123.1 per 100 possessions. Now, everybody knows that, and the market clearly knows that because this total is now as high as 237. I think we're at 236.5 at DraftKings. Still some value there on the over or a little bit too high for you? 
I, a little bit too high, I think, for me. It's getting to that point at this point. I, I think I would rather back the Sixers at home in this game. I, I'm I'm curious to see how much the players kind of buy into this whole Simmons narrative. And, and to a lesser degree, James Harden, who, by the way, is also playing against the team that he just forced his way off of like two and a half weeks ago. It's, it's actually kind of convenient for James Harden to be the secondary story here. Normally, that would be the headliner. But, you know, there, there is some concern that, you know, if the Sixers come out and they want to stick it to Ben Simmons, it's like, it could be one of those games where you're, you're trying a little too hard, you're, you're pushing too much in the first half, and that could lead to a low total. But I do think overall, I, I like Philly in this game. That number just moved from Sixers uh, by four to Sixers by four and a half now at home. They're the better team. They're the much deeper team. And to me, that's what's important. You can say, you know, maybe Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant cancel out. Maybe James Harden and Kyrie Irving cancel out. But once you get beyond those top two for each team, I really like what Philly's bringing to the table compared to, I don't know, Steph Curry, Bruce Bowne, Andre Drummond, who, you know, Joel Embiid has terrorized throughout his entire career. And what could very well be a first round NBA playoff preview, which is the comical part about all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose this could also be a first round NBA preview as well. Um, Memphis will have something to say about that. Warriors are at the Nuggets later tonight in the TNT doubleheader. Uh, We get to see the other MVP candidate, if you will. Warriors favored by two on the road here. But Nikola Jokic, let me just go to the MVP thing for a second, because we'll talk about it later. But I'm curious your thoughts, Nick. You know, with MVP, with the the market, it's funny how it, it, through the course of a season, it shifts, right? We all sort of lock in, oh, well, it's definitely Steph Curry's, right? Like, it's it's his to beat for for the first part of the season. And then he goes into a bit of a swoon. And then one day, we were one week, we sort of shift, all of our minds shift to somebody else. Oh, well, maybe this person can win. And maybe... Maybe this person can. We even had DeMar DeRozan at one point as as a candidate. And now we're in the two-headed monster stage. And I guess what I'm asking you is, is it really a two-headed monster? Or with apologies to Embiid, Jokic is just so over-the-top good that he's actually the guy. Well, for me, it would be Jokic. That, that's who I would vote for uh, if I were given an MVP vote, which, of course, I do not have. But... The odds favor Embiid. You know, most places you look, Embiid is the slight favorite. And a week ago, he was an even bigger favorite. I I think Nikola Jokic has somewhat narrowed that gap with just how well he's played over these last few games. And, you know, if if Denver wins tonight and, you know, Jokic plays really well for the fourth time in five nights, which you just don't really see in the 2022 NBA, you know, those type of scheduling quirks are just not really a thing anymore. And, you know, almost any other star in the league would have sat out one of those games for maintenance or just – you know, kind of they, they would have held out two or three guys just to kind of save the rest. But Jokic doesn't do that. I mean, the durability that he brings is absolutely ridiculous. It really depends what you what you're looking for. Right. I mean, it, it kind of feels like the narrative has shifted toward Embiid maybe over the last month or so. But it's hard to point to exactly why. I don't know if it's voter fatigue on the part of you know people who voted for Jokic last season. I don't know if it's this kind of renewed interest in the Sixers by acquiring James Harden and getting rid of Ben Simmons. Obviously, Embiid's numbers are great, but most of the advanced met- metrics will favor Nikola Jokic. You look at the guys who Nikola Jokic is playing with this season, dramatically worse supporting cast, with Jamal Murray playing zero games, Michael Porter playing like eight and a half games and being terrible when he was on the floor. Um, it-, it does feel like the narrative should maybe be shifting more in favor of Jokic. And, and to me, it's it's really hard to explain why. And, and as betters, uh, here's how I would say it. Nikola Jokic is plus 170. To your point, Nick, Embiid West, minus 130. Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. plus 170 at DraftKings. So Nikola Jokic at plus mm-hmm. 170 is the equivalent to like 
a bad night for the Tigers at New York, let's say, right. to play the Yankees. Who would you rather have? Right. Like, which plus 170 would you rather have? I think it's obvious, you know? Yeah, I, absolutely. Right. And, and you look at Denver right now, even though they're getting Golden State tonight, they're kind of in the crux of the easy part of their schedule. I believe that they had, like, the easiest March schedule of any team in the league, and that's why we kind of thought, okay, Denver could be live here late this season once they get Murray back and get MPJ back. But, Nick, to tonight's game, you did mention the term scheduling quirk there just a minute ago, and we do have a scheduling quirk here because for the second time, Golden State's got to go to Denver and play a game. They had that makeup game from mm-hmm. December 30th on Monday night, and uh, a couple of the stars got left at home for Golden State. It might have been, like, I guess some kind of protest because of the uh, scheduling the makeup game. Curry and Clay and Andrew Wiggins stayed home. They get a little rest here, obviously, but Golden State not really healthy, and the Splash Brothers not really shooting the ball well right now. What do you make of tonight's game? Do you like a side or a total with Golden State and Denver in the rematch? You know, I think if you take the schedule out of it, I would like Denver in this spot. But at some point, you know, the wheels kind of have to come off. I think, you know, when you're playing your fourth game in five nights and, you know, even looking ahead, they, they may have a relatively easy schedule, but they don't have two consecutive days off until between games 81 and 82. So they play every other night starting now all the way until like April 8th. It's like a 30 day stretch where they have like no rest at all. So it's going to be a grind for Denver. And, you know, I, I keep thinking, you know, Curry and Clay, they should bounce back. They should bounce back. And, you know, Curry has had a couple nights here and there where he's really looked like his old self, but you know, he's, he snapped out of that slump. He was in, in, in January and February where it was getting really bad and he was shooting like 40% from the field, but he's still not really looking like vintage Steph on a lot of nights, even his better nights, are not the nights that we saw from him two or three years ago when he was smack dab in the middle of his prime. So the Warriors are a little bit more difficult to trust than you would think, especially given how they started the season. But there's just so much going against Denver tonight. I mean, not only the schedule, but Bones Highland is questionable. Will Barton is questionable. Uh, Jeff Green, you know, I think has to deal with a personal matter. He's questionable. Aaron Gordon's on the injury report. It just seems like one of those nights where Jokic probably has another monster statistical game, but I see them coming up just a little bit short. Ergo, the Warriors being favored on the road with all those absences. Just want to use Ergo, Kelly, just in case you were wondering. Um, Okay, Uh, Nick, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. On a great night of college basketball, the NBA is like, look at us counter-programming with these two games. Enjoy the uh, Sixers and the Nets, which starts about five minutes from now. Thanks, Nick. All right, will do, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Nick. Nick Whalen, everybody, from RotoWire. Again, check him out on Twitter at Whalen, but substitute the uh, number one for the L. Business has uh, picked up, by the way, at the Thomas and Mack Center. One minute left to go. UNLV 56 to 54. Wyoming may be playing for their at-large NCAA tournament lives here. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get to the end of that game here after the break as well. We'll also look at some baseball odds. So we went through it really quickly before the last break. So we're going to review again. Uh, the changes that will apply to this season. First of all, how the vote went down today. Uh, the changes that apply to this season. And then the window to make or to determine some other, and I would even argue, even more impactful changes on the game of baseball. We'll get to all that. We're tracking all the college basketball. What a night of multiple sports uh, right here on VEASAN's Primetime Action, live from the South Point Hotel Casino. Coming right back. Time action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Join the College Hoops action for free with the March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast. See what I did there? On your share of $30,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC March Mania. That's KFC hyphen March hyphen Mania. Now to play free for your cut of the cash, KFC. It's finger licking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil, Wes, and Kelly on a Thursday night. So the Wyoming Cowboys with 3.2 seconds left, up two on UNLV with a second foul shot here to try to go up three. And the shot is up, and it is good. So it's a three-point game, 3.2 seconds left, timeout on the floor. And uh, what will Wyoming do here, Wes? Will they foul? Should They They certainly right. should foul, but will they? Yeah, uh, it, it all depends, I think, on the scenario here. Yeah. But with 3.2, like maybe if there was seven or six seconds left, then you would absolutely foul. But maybe a little with, too frantic, right? with so little time on the clock, because look, in this situation, you're obviously scrambling to kind of find your man here. By the way, this number, I believe at DraftKings did close one and a half. There were some twos, I think, at the close of business <laughs> elsewhere. What do you and know? that second foul shot, yes. of course, makes it three. So 59 to 56, uh, the total should go under in regulation, uh, or it will go under in regulation unless there's OT here. I believe 135 was the closing number. But obviously they're going to surround Bryce Hamilton. He is UNLV's big gun here, 22 points. So we'll see if Jeff Linder and the Wyoming Cowboys elect a foul here. Let's see. Here's the inbound shot. they got to go full court here for Wyoming, for uh, UNLV. They do get a good shot off, running shot, bank. Oh, oh that was a good look, it. too. And I mean, that was well-designed, yeah. but it was a runner three, but Wyoming hangs on, so they will advance to play Boise State tomorrow night here at the Thomas & Mack in the semifinals. Boise State, the number one seed in this Mountain West tournament. They had to hang on for dear life at the end against uh, mm-hmm. Nevada, Reno. Uh, yeah. So uh, the uh, Silver State teams go 0-2 in the Mountain West tournament. UNLV maybe heading to the NIT. I think they should. I, I hope they get a bid because I think it'd be good for these guys. This is a young program, a young team with the first your head coach and Kevin Kruger. Hopefully they get some reps, but this is a monster win, though, for Wyoming. They may be off that bubble now. And uh, we want to correct something we said last night because Bellarmine, because we had talked about Bellarmine and how they were ineligible to, speaking of the NIT, that is, we were they were ineligible to be in the big dance. We talked about that on the numbers game last year, also this year. Despite winning their conference tournament, they're still ineligible. Four-year transition from Division Two to Division One, They are not eligible for the NIT either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. Well, even and, doubling and, down on And to explain that, because they're a transition team, because they uh, moved up from Division Two, so there's a reason why. I, I don't really know what, what is the, the reason, reason why. why? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't the reason what is the fact that it's a rule, I guess, yeah. but nevertheless, Bellarmine, who did win the Atlantic Sun Tournament, they get the Atlantic Sun Tournament Championship, but the team they knocked off yeah. in the semifinals, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, by the way, won the regular season in the Atlantic Sun, so they will represent. So I'm almost thinking, Gil, because we're always thinking like betters here, People are going to look and say, Jacksonville State didn't even win their conference tournament. How the hell they'd get in? So I want to just see what their matchup is going to be and what their seed is going to be. Because whatever happens, that team that – you know, there's always that one team that's like, they don't deserve to be in the tournament. And that's the first team I usually bet on. Yeah. Because it's like, everybody's going to be against them. They're going to hear it all week. They shouldn't have been in the tournament. And then they come out fired up here. So uh nice win though for Wyoming. Uh, they look like uh 
they probably have avoided uh, yeah. not making the NCAA tournament. So we're looking probably at four bids in the Mountain West, Boise State, Wyoming, San Diego State, and Colorado State. Both those teams will play later tonight. Anyway, I apologize for the stream of consciousness once you said NIT with UNLV. I talked, wanted to correct our error from last night. So, okay, baseball today, huge. Uh, huge if you're a baseball fan, huge if you're a baseball better. Perhaps if you're a baseball better, you wanted there to be fewer games so that longer shots had a better shot of manifesting in a smaller sample size. Well, it looks like we're going to have the full 162 because opening day is expected to be April 7th. The ML, uh, Major League Baseball and the MLBPA reached an agreement today. Uh, opening day is going to be April 7th. One would think they would make up that lost week with double headers, so there will be a full 162-game season, and in fact, that is what they're trying to do. Now, it will be a 12-team postseason. Double headers go back to being traditional nine-inning double headers. Remember that seven-inning stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dunzo. Goodbye, pandemic. Good riddance. Good riddance. Extra innings do not start with a man on second. Also will be a casualty or not a casualty, but will be a sort of relic of the pandemic. More good riddance. More good riddance. <laughs> but the big, So the big thing, though, for this year is that we have universal DH. The National League will use designated hitter. No more pitchers hitting, which will make uh, purists' heads explode off the top of their bodies. But, oh, well, um, I think it's better for the game, and that's what's, what, that's what's going to happen. Now, here's, here's the deal with... By the way, player uniforms will have advertising. That's new for sort of an American audience, for American, for North American sports. And a draft lottery will uh, be created with the intent of discouraging tanking. But now here's the real... So all of that is wonderful, and the Universal DH being the headline, in addition to the 12 postseason teams. But the real impactful things, and I'm talking about uh, a pitch clock, the ban of the shift, larger bases, these are real huge changes to the sport of baseball. We have a 45-day window now for MLB to implement those rules changes. So they're going to have to agree on that for the 2023 season. Those things will not happen for the 2022 season. Now, what went down today is uh, the MLBPA, they have a sort of eight-vote executive council, and then they have 30 sort of rank and file, one vote for each team, a representative for each team in Major League Baseball. And the executive board and the rank and file don't really ever vote differently Mm -hmm. until today when they did. And so 26 of the 30 uh, rank and file votes for representing all the teams said, I don't care what you guys say, we're playing. And so maybe they could have got a better deal, but this is the deal they got and we're playing baseball. I am surprised that they are starting it on April 7th, though. I thought that maybe this was going to go, like, later in the month. Uh, selfishly, I was like, can we start maybe the Monday after the Masters? That would be the perfect day. But nevertheless, I think we're just happy to have it back. So I was surprised that they actually got it done this quickly. I thought it was going to drag where – because I think I was talking with Parlay, Jeff Parles, your producer on a numbers game right here on VEASAN, and we were thinking, like, May 1st is when this was probably going to start. So the fact that we have it back earlier than we thought we were going to have it, I think, you know, we should be obviously happy with that. The, the word is is that MLB came in today with a little bit of a posture, like they're going to cancel the first month, mm-hmm. and that the MLPA, MLBPA at that point, the players were like, nah, we're not doing that. We're playing. We don't like that kind of threat. So the deal is done, and that's what's going on. But again, I'll just stress again, the shift, the ban on the shift, the pitch clock, the pitch clock, I would argue, will be the single biggest thing to change the sport of baseball no of all of these things. Um, and then the larger bases, which 
that's a whole other thing. Might encourage ink steals. I, the, the pitch clock thing should encourage everything. Well, and I think you bring up the bases because yeah. how many times have we seen over recent years where the guy kind of like overslides the bag where he's in there safe, but he overslides the bag so you can tag him because the guy's off the bag and they're going to rule him out. So that's, yeah. I think, obviously the main reason why you have these large well, bases. From a, and from a betting standpoint, let me just say this. Will the markets adjust to totals quickly enough? Because I believe that that giving a 14-second pitch clock with nobody on base and a 19-second pitch clock, which is what it's going to probably mm-hmm. be with runners on base, is going to sort of fatigue pitchers. Right. And I think you're going to see a lot more uh, in terms of uh, run production. And we'll see if the betting market can adjust quick enough to that. There might be some opportunities for us as better. And just from a games flow standpoint, look, uh, the fact that it is going to get some guys out of the rhythm. It's it's like golfers. Like some guys, you know, they get up there and they just hit it. Yeah. You know, they don't take five different waggles or step back, you know, check the win. You know, like some guys are slow players. Some guys are fast players. Well, some guys are slow pitchers. Some guys are fast pitchers. And I know that they want to do this to speed up the game. I understand that. But I also think, you're going to see even more bullpen usage. You know, you're going to see even more frequent, uh, you know, visits to the mound, and that's going to slow it's, the it's game also down. The guy Wes who throws a hundred miles per hour, mm-hmm. who like needs time to sort of right. circle the mound and regroup to, to crank right. out another hundred mile pitch. He don't get to do that anymore. So there are going to be some hanging pitches that it should be. It should be awesome. Um, but that for next year. And usually, yeah, for next year, yeah. because I was going to say, usually early in the season, that's more often than not, yeah. I'm going to be on more unders early on simply because of the cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. Odds to win the World Series for this year. Dodgers, no surprise, the short shot at 7-1. to Yankees and Astros, probably no surprise to anybody at 9-1. to The Mets with Max Scherzer 10-1, to and then uh, the Jays and White Sox lead uh, the rest of the double-digit parade. This is super early. But if I said to you, Wes, Wes, you're going to make a bet tonight. What's the bet? Oh. Tonight, Wes, you can't go to bed without making one. Okay. Don't let me see your uh, eyes close. I am going to say the uh, – I'm going to say the Rays at 16-1. Uh, to I think that that's man. got some value. And, oh, by the way, these prices, of course, are going to change because – we have quite a few free agents that are yes. very high-profile guys. Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Freddie Freeman, Nick Casalanos, Chris Bryant, just to name a few. A lot of guys out there. Still a lot of dominoes to fall in a very short amount of time with baseball. Yeah. That's why it's super premature to look at these. But I would have a- answered Rays 16-1 or Giants 22-1 because I think those two teams are just smarter smarter than everybody else. College Hoops will update everything next. Beeson's Primetime Action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team's here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Wes Reynolds, Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They got insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch. From the favorites to the potential Cinderella's, sign up today to get the betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. You pump for Selection Sunday? So we'll, we'll, we'll talk TPC later. I agree with what you're saying, Wes. Like, I hope the final round of the Players' mm-hmm. Championship mm-hmm. does get delayed till Monday. So we can further spread out 
to get to get as close to the beginning as of right. March Madness right. as possible. There's too much going on. Well, I, I mean, I speak from experience here, not only having another playoff this year at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Fortunately, went our way with Scotty Scheffler, but every single time the Phoenix Open is, of course, Super Bowl weekend, mm-hmm. and every single time it seems like the Waste Management Phoenix Open goes into a playoff. And this year, I just happen to have a sweat, and I also have a sweat in a, with a Rams Super Bowl future where it's like, well, I want to watch the game. I want to watch the anthem. I want to watch the festivities and the coin toss and all that stuff that I wouldn't care about on any NFL Sunday. Right. But I care about it for the Super Bowl because, number one, you can bet on some of that stuff. And plus, I like the pageantry and, you know, seeing all the pregame stuff. And then, of course, the golf goes over. So I'm like, get this playoff over with. And it never gets over right away on the first hole. Kelly, let me, can I put the uh, tennis picks up on the board before we yeah. uh, talk some more college basketball? I want to get these out. I want to make sure that uh, none we of them have started. We better else there'll be uh, Gillionaire fans out there throwing tomatoes at me later. You don't want that. Like Fozzie <laughs> Bear. Waka, waka, waka. You don't want that. By the way, we lost our screens here in the studio. Kelly, you should know. So I'm going to do this off my phone in case you're wondering oh. why I'm going to my phone. Um, I will give you all the picks right here. These are the remaining picks of the day. One of them got uh, canceled. Uh, we lost on a dog earlier today. So there's four remaining plays, two on the ladies' side, two on the men's side. On the uh, ladies' side, one starts in about a half hour, I believe. Uh, on Marie Buskova, minus 115 over Kyung Wong. Uh, you might even be able to get a few pennies better than that. Uh, and then later on the ladies' side, taking a dog, Nuria Parisas Diaz. She's from Spain. She's taking on the American Shelby Rogers. Uh, you can get her at a pretty good price. I got her at plus 155 this morning. You probably could get a couple pennies better than I could on that. Uh, on the men's side, uh, Tomas Mashak, you probably won't get as good a price on this. I got him at minus 127. He's taking on Alexei Popperin. Uh, and then a dog, and this is the one that I probably should spend a few moments talking about, Sebastian Baez, who I got at plus 153. You can get him at a much better number now, probably like plus 175, plus 180-ish, last I checked. The reason for that is that he is a clay quarter, and he's taking on Nick Kyrgios. And most casual betting fans, tennis betting fans, know them some Nick Kyrgios. And if this were a faster surface, this is a hard court, but this is about as slow of a hard court as they are. We talked a little bit about this on the Beating the Book podcast that I did with Dan Weston and Drew Dinsick on Indian Wells. Tennis is de facto fifth major, which is what this tournament is. But Baez is a clay court specialist. This is about as slow of a hard court as it gets. And people know Kyrgios, and that sort of explains a lot of the line movement. But I will tell you this. Um, I could see Kyrgios getting really frustrated in this one with Baez. And that's why I'm taking the flyer on Baez, because the surface sort of suits him as far as hard courts well, go. Let me ask you one follow-up here, because uh, there are currently matches going on in Indian Wells, and I saw a tweet about it. You've got two uh, very well-known players playing right now, but are both unseated on the women's side. That is Sloane Stevens yes. and Naomi Osaka. Osaka now at four love in the second, but did drop the first set six to three. And apparently you have some very windy conditions out there at Indian Wells. Did you kind of yeah. use that when you were breaking these down a little bit? Well, so that that wasn't you know last night I had Diana Yastremsko. Yet last yesterday we went one and two, one easy win, one dog didn't have a chance, and then the the, the rubber match, if you will, went to a third straight t- third set tiebreaker. But I have the I had the harder hitter in Diana Yastremska. and that also, by the way, having a big forehand and a big backhand in her case is is sort of a thing that you want in your pocket on right. this surface, and with the wind. Yeah, that that sort of helps, too. It didn't last night. 
But yeah, to answer your question, the wind could wreak a little bit of havoc in terms of me ratcheting back the handicapping because today it's brutal in some of these matches, right? And then you don't want your handicap to get polluted, if you will, mm-hmm. by the by the conditions. But the thing about tennis is they won't stop it for wind. They'll play through. Right. And so it can get a little funky. So, uh, yeah, it, it it does sort of make you hesitant to go deeper uh, on some plays. And you got to know the sort of shots that, the, that all these players have lest you pull the trigger on somebody that, ain't going to be able to get through that wind, mm-hmm. if you will. So mm-hmm. it does complicate things. It's not something you often have to deal with in tennis tournaments, but as we know in Vegas today, not too far from Riverside County, uh, it was crazy windy today here. It was windy walking in here yeah. and blowing all over the place. Yeah. College hoops. Um, Baylor up 33-27, closing seconds of that shot is no good. So 33-27 is going to be the score. Late rally for Baylor here, by the way. If you had the first half on Oklahoma, kind of a tough beat for you. They pretty much were almost a wire-to-wire job in the first half. And nevertheless, Baylor 33-27 at the half. Yeah, Baylor, uh, one of the teams that meets the championship formula criteria. We'll update it uh, at some point here as well. Uh, Maryland getting housed by Michigan State by 15 in the Big Ten tournament. 1351 left in that one. Maryland just doesn't have it, do they? No, and and Danny Manning is the interim coach. I do not expect that Danny Manning is going to be brought back and given that head roll full-time. That Maryland job, though, by the way, Great people job. underestimate it. Yeah. That is a very attractive job. That'll be highly sought after, so I would fully expect probably an announcement tomorrow that Maryland is not going to be bringing back Danny Manning. Maybe they give him an interview, but I don't think he's going to be the guy there. That's obviously, you know it very well, being from D.C. area in that DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. That is a very fertile recruiting da- t- uh, ground oh, for basketball talent. It is. It was always the it's the basketball hotbed. DC, DC, Baltimore, huge basketball hotbed. And I agree with you about that Maryland job. Lefty Drizel, when he became the head coach of Maryland in the early seventies, first of all, he was the first person to institute midnight madness at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So he's responsible for that. That stemmed from the University of Maryland. Um, and then, of course, he went by the wayside in the eighties. Uh, obviously, the Len Bias uh, tragedy uh, being a huge part of that. But he thought he was going to bring UCLA to Maryland. He right. thought he was going to have that kind of dynasty, right. famously. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, Brooklyn and Philly have started, by the way. Uh, Brooklyn out to a quick 7-2 to start a couple minutes into that one um, in the NBA, which is obviously the big one tonight. Kelly, you have any uh, NBA bets? We didn't even get to that. No, I do have a feeling I'll be making a first-half Nuggets bet later. I'm waiting to see on some of these injuries uh, on the Nuggets side, like uh, Nick Whalen was talking about a few, uh, about 20 minutes ago at this point, but they do have some guys that are questionable late night. I, I couldn't get on it. anything Brooklyn-Philly. This is a, a slugfest that I will be watching throughout the entire show, and yeah. it co- these two teams have come out, and they look, they look like this is an Eastern Conference Finals game, that they're going at each other that hard so uh should be an entertaining night of nba basketball but yeah i do think i'll probably end up playing the nuggets first half play don't want to play them full game just because i am worried about the rest factor they this is going to be their fourth game in five days nick brought it up uh you get a golden state team coming in a little bit more rested uh nuggets basically had to play all their guys late last night because the kings kings kept things close in sacramento with them so i think i'll look nuggets first half probably will have a play in the account before the end of the show i wanted to ask you about this west because i can't remember if we were here we were here for Xavier Butler yesterday, mm-hmm. weren't we? Yes. Did we realize when we were on air what happened at the end of that game? At the end of regulation? 
I don't believe that we did. Because I think we were already in overtime. Yeah, we? yeah, we were when we came on the air. But uh, not knowing the time and score, foul committed. Butler t- ties it with foul shots, takes it to overtime. And then that, of course, put Xavier out. And Xavier, we'll see if yeah. they last, you know, because I think all the bracketologists said they're still probably one of the last four in. But look, they can get passed by these teams that are playing. And look, we saw Indiana win today. We saw Texas A&M knock right. out Florida. We're seeing Virginia. Virginia Tech right now, 42 to 31, about 30 seconds left to go in the first half. So these teams can absolutely pass some of these teams. Oh, by the way, Colorado gets a win just now, uh, final at the T-Mobile Arena, 80 to 69. So Oregon probably heading to the NIT, but all of a sudden Colorado, they might have a case for a nat large and they get an opportunity tomorrow. That'll be the five seed Colorado or the four seed Colorado. They'll take on Arizona, who had to survive a scare from Stanford today. No, you're so right. One of these teams, if not multiple teams, is going to make a very inconvenient conference tournament mm-hmm. run mm-hmm. for some of these bubble teams. And so, you know, a lot still to be determined here in the next few days to determine who actually does get in among these bubble teams and who does not, because someone is going to make their case felt here over the next couple of days. We'll come back. MVP odds in the NBA. We'll look at those once again. We'll also update the uh, suspended before the round could get finished tournament players championship. Speaking of fifth majors, golf's de facto fifth major, the PGA Tours major, if you will. Uh, we'll look at that leaderboard. Some names up there and some huge names that only got to play a few holes that made a little noise in their few holes. Coming back, Beeson's primetime action. 